The Brandon Peters Show may contain explicit language and detailed plot points. For more information on the show, stay tuned to the end of the episode. Here he is, Brandon. Hey, we're here at the Brandon Peters Show uh, live here tonight for whoever's watching, maybe later. So it's not live, but there's a lot of errors. That's because we were live. And I'm here with Sabina Graves of io9 and Gizmodo. Hello. Yes, it is I here to catch up on our predictions. I'm very nervous and excited. (laughs) Yeah, it's fun stuff to do. A little little bit of fun. There's no stakes here. I don't think we have anything like you have to be a certain way or do something silly to be lost, but maybe that's in the future. (laughs) But um, yeah, you're here. This is the the closing chapter of year three of this show. So and I believe you've like wound up towards the end of every year somehow. I, or something, or close to. I know you were on year one. You were like close to the end, but I can't remember year two. Oh no! Last year I had COVID, so it just ended with like <laughs> it ended with commentary reruns. So yeah. it, there was no fanfare. It was over. It was like <laughs> so. Was not able to complete my year or start the next one properly. And for months, my voice was really COVIDy. So, but there was that. So okay. Um. Oh, look. Hello, Valencia. Look at that. We've got people watching. Okay. Okay. I'm trying. Hello Hello to you. Um, So we are here. We should play the intro again. No, I'm just kidding. Just kidding. I like that thing. But all right. So Sabina and I, uh, we're we're, unlike other things where they make you like wait to the end, like, oh, our results. We're going to do it right up front. And then we're going to talk about our thoughts on the summer movies. after right after that so if you're here for the results they're up top and you can go home there you go if anybody was playing along or uh wanted to do that so uh we're gonna get right into it um so our first game was a box office solely box office related one where um we were supposed to pick we picked three for ourselves and then the other one uh, the the other picked one for the other that would like try to amass the most box office for the summer. Um, so three real g- good picks and then one really crappy pick because you try to sabotage the other person. It's kind of fun. So Sabina, your picks. Do you remember your picks? It's okay no, if you don't. I wrote them down on, uh, admittedly, I think it was a lunch bag, like a brown paper lunch bag mm-hmm. in uh, our my shared podcasting space that right now is under construction. And I think my husband pulled it out a few days ago and like asked what it was. And I think he thought it was trash because he was like, there's a list of movies in different columns here. <laughs> and I was like, oh yeah, that's the thing Brandon and I were working on for the summer blockbusters. And I think he threw it away. Oh well, I I had to. I I'm went back. on you. I, I think that's why I asked you. Like, did you have? Do you have everything? Like, I got it. I went back and listened has? because I, I I moved all this stuff to a hard drive, and then I couldn't remember what I named the file. Like it wasn't like simple. So I was like, just instead of digging for it, I just went back and listened to the episode. <laughs> we went rather smoothly to the end, but um, so I have them and we were, I believe we were going with 
domestic box office, but didn't it, it didn't matter globally either. So when I went through these. So your picks were Fast X, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, and I gave you about my father. Well, Fast X in the United States amassed $145.9 million. Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse led the summer for a long time with $381 million. Indiana Jones had $174 million. And About My Father made $12 million. (laughs) $17.6 million globally. Uh, Did anyone see, uh, either of you uh, see About My Father this summer? Michael, I know you move at, I think you you work at a movie theater. Did you check that one out? He'll have to wear a delay, so he'll hear us later. So your total was $712.9 million. Your global total was $1.78 billion. So I re- I couldn't remember what I picked when I listened. Like, I literally went, because I picked Barbie. <laughs> <laughs> I picked The Little Mermaid, and I picked Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning. You threw me, White Bird. A wonder story, which got moved. <laughs> I'll just take it. It's zero dollars. I'll take it as that because it didn't matter. <laughs> I, mean, Bar- Barbie. <laughs> I had Barbie. So Barbie made it. Uh, Barbie alone wasn't enough. Like it was six hundred twelve million uh, domestic. Little Mermaid gave me two ninety eight and the Mission Impossible one hundred seventy point five for one point zero eight billion and then two point five zero five billion globally. So. That's one for Brandon. Yeah. <laughs> Taking it, it there. Taking it there. Um, it is enough for Brandon. Michael says his theater didn't even play <laughs> about my father. <laughs> so, uh, okay. Our next game was Rotten Tomatoes. Who would come out with the highest critic score Rotten Tomatoes? Uh, Sabina, you were Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning, Barbie, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, and Gran Turismo is what I gave you. Uh, so, Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning, 96%. Barbie, 88%. Guardians, 82%. And Gran Turismo, 63%. Not bad. That's uh, not bad. They're good things. Your total was 82.25%. So now, you gave me White Bird a Wonder Story, which moved. You can, bef- before I mention this, you can pick another or just say, Best of the three you have. Oh, man. I guess best of the three you have. All right. I picked Spider-Man across the... Or, yeah, it was across the Spider-Verse. Asteroid City and Elemental. Spider-Man was 95%. Asteroid City was 75%. And Elemental was 74%. So in a dead heat... You have won 82.25% to 81.34%. How crazy. So you could have picked and rose me. So you did the smart thing and kept it. So congrats, Sabina. That is one for you there uh, with that. All right. Uh, I'll take it. All right. And now we're moving on. And the next one, the next game we have. 
is the lowest box office, highest critic rating. So, with this one, we picked, you know, what was the, you know, low number, high number. You picked Asteroid City, which made $28 million. And then it was 75%, as we mentioned, on Rotten Tomatoes. I picked Joyride, which made $13 million and amassed 91% on Rotten Tomatoes. So I have won that battle. Yeah. Joyride is so good. I will talk about one of my upsetting things about the summer a little bit. And I want to hear about it. So, ah. Yeah, Joy. I knew it would be that. I knew it would be that one that everybody like. Ah, and then nobody would go see it. I just, I'm just it's a shame. Um, and uh, so next we had highest box office, lowest critic rating. Uh, you picked The Flash, which made a hundred eight million dollars, and then sixty three percent on Rotten Tomatoes. I pissed. I pissed. I picked Fast X at one forty five point nine million. And 56% Rotten Tomatoes, which squeaks me there a win in that column. That one was unpredictable. Yeah. We got a lot to talk about with that stuff. Of the summer. Yeah, that was like that, that was, I mean, Fast X, I didn't even finish the top 10 of the summer Fast X. I don't, yeah. There's there's some, it's wild. Um, and then we had biggest, the last one we had was biggest critic rating audience disparity. So, the Rotten Tomato versus you had the Flash with sixty three percent from the critics and eighty three percent from uh, audiences. I had Little Mermaid with sixty seven percent critics and ninety four audience, so I took that one as well. Okay, so take that, Sabina. Ah. But those were close. A lot of them were close, and a lot of them going in weren't what we'd have thought. So. Uh, before we were in the movies, how was your summer? It was good. It was busy. I've you know seen a lot of movies, doing a lot of traveling. Mm-hmm. Um, Comic Con happened, and that was a very unique experience. Yeah, you did moderating for that, right? I did some so moderating how- uh, for one of the panels. It was a um, women in Hollywood, sort of in the below the line area of things. There weren't mm-hmm. anyone on our panel, obviously, who uh, were a part of the WGA or uh, SAG after striking. It was mostly like editors and folks who, you know, are still abiding by the strike rules. And it was lovely. And obviously we we gave a lot of like credit to our peers and counterparts who are striking for a fair deal. And it's, 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 it's due. <laughs> Hopefully mm-hmm. any day. Yeah, we did. So I had two pop cons this summer. Uh, it was first I had August, just a couple, you know, finishing August out, and then we had one of the Louisville uh, where I did the podcast stage and um, the moderators and stuff. It's really interesting because there was like, uh, what was it called? Uh, like panels and stuff could not suggest people together. Like we had Michael Rooker, Sean Gunn, and then one of the voices of the animals from Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. Which I apologize to her. I cannot remember her name. Uh, but we couldn't put them together in a panel because that would suggest, even if you're not talking about it, it would suggest that they were promoting Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, and it was it's odd. And then there there's some that they could talk about old stuff and some they could talk about other stuff. So yeah, I feel you there. Like it's interesting what 
can and can't happen, but was still fun to do with the people, the vibe of people still enjoy the convention. Oh, for sure. I actually feel like a lot of the panels that I was a part of were very filled um, compared to other years. Now, I don't know if that sounds weird, but I think it's mostly because, you know, there weren't TV and like film panels that were taking up, you know, most of the audiences. So people really got to get a full breadth of different aspects of the comic book industry and the entertainment industry. So we had a really good packed house um, in that room with a lot of aspiring folks who want to go into our our crazy field. And then I also did a um, Voices in Contemporary Horror panel as well. I was a panelist on that Mm -hmm. one talking about um, film and TV IP within journalistic limits of but in like the theme park and immersive community um realm of things which is really neat <laughs> that's cool um yeah make good connection stuff yeah if you would get in this field good luck fun have fun but um that's awesome yeah i saw pictures i was like go sabina do it even if it's an off year <laughs> even if it's not. are they gonna have you back or too soon to tell hopefully okay 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 well there's also are you going to try to work the circuit in town with any of the local comic conventions rather than san diego or well right now mostly uh occupied with the haunt beat like haunt beat is what i call uh, my award season uh just because you know i am a film and tv reporter but i'm also really uh into the theme park and immersive entertainment field Mm -hmm as it pertains to like Halloween haunts and uh, interactive theater and ARG. So it's been a wild few weeks for me. I went to Universal Studios Orlando for their opening of Halloween Horror Nights. I did Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party at Walt Disney World. And last week I did Halloween Horror Nights' opening, and I'm going back to Halloween Horror Nights this Sunday just to have fun with friends (laughs) and for a friend's birthday. Um, and then I have like Not Scary Farm, uh, probably Haunted Delusion, hmm. Sleep No More in New York, uh, which will be my first time going to that, which is uh, one of the originators of immersive theater. And it's like an immersive version of Macbeth that um, that's why it's called Sleep No More. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, you, you don't, don't say the name <laughs> when you're a part of it. Um and yeah, no, it's just, it's, it's full on spooky season for me. So that's literally everything that I've been up to. <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. We got in the comments here, uh, Valencia says, and if I'm pronouncing your name incorrectly, I apologize. Uh, and she went to Dragon Con and they said they had people submit questions uh, instead of coming to the mic and asking because the moderator had to pick the question. So it's a interesting way to go about it. Oh, yeah. And there was a lot of screening of questions for sure. And some panels didn't even have questions. Mm. Um, for example, I, I went to the Tiny Toons panel for Tiny Toons University, which originally was supposed to be a panel. And then it was switched to a screening of just the first, uh, just a couple episodes of the show. So although animation did fall under a different set of rules, I know that team just wanted to pay respect to what was going on. But, you know, that was very common at the convention where, you know, people were concerned of maybe, you know, folks asking questions pertaining to projects that they right. that one panel couldn't talk about. So they would have to screen the questions. Mm, yeah. Tough. It, yeah. So tough. But yeah, and you want to support, you get it. But it's like, oh, man, these people come for this stuff, but they can talk to them at their booths. You know, they can say little things too. They go up, but uh 
Cool, cool. Yeah, my my summary, like I said, a couple pop cons, uh, some some DMB shows I went to. Uh, always part of my summer going to concerts. Uh, I heard every song from their new album through three different shows, so that was fun. Um, and yeah, just a lot of goings and stuff. And I'm going to the Haunted Horror Night. I'm going to Orlando for Universal in the fall. So I will see what you're talking about and be like, Sabina lied. Oh, yeah. It's not that fun. <laughs> not that fun. Stranger Things is great over there. Okay. Is that the yeah, first one to get in line for? Uh, the first one, I well, we were part of like a a, a guided group. So hmm. I think the first one we did, oh my gosh, I don't it might have been The Last of Us. And okay. that was, yeah, The Last of Us and just the clickers, man. It, it's great. <laughs> awesome. I'm excited. I'm excited. So uh, let's go. Uh, we'll go back to the movies this summer. Um, what movies did you see that you wish or you didn't get to see that you wish you had? Oh, so I still haven't seen Gran Turismo. Okay. I still want to see that. Um, huh. I'm trying to think what else. I don't know if I missed much. Uh, although I'm sure as we talk about movies, it'll be like, oh yeah, I missed that one. Um, I, I'm surprised we didn't talk about Bottoms during the start of the summer. Because mm. I, I saw that and I really liked it. It's just like a smaller comedy, but um, had a lot of fun with it. Yeah, I uh, I didn't get to see No Hard Feelings. Like that one was fun. I I want to get a Joyride. I missed that one. That just no. didn't work out. And then when so like my theater like it has a great rewards program. Except the one thing is the free movie passes, which I have stocked up. Uh, don't populate you can't use them till after a movie's been out two weeks but then like by the time something joy rides out two weeks like it's at odd it's like playing once a day at an odd time that i can't get to so it did not line up for me to get to and i was so mad but i'm just gonna get the blu-ray and watch it um and then i I watched it twice in theaters (laughs) um I, i had such a blast with it Gotcha. I wanted to see it new. It just wasn't working out new. And then the t- show times dwindle. Oh, I was so mad about that one. Um, Insidious the Red Door. Did not get to that one. Surprisingly. Didn't I just I well, it didn't come out like July 4th weekend. I was like, <laughs> I had stuff or something like that. It was it was a bit busy. Yeah, it was a weird weekend. Um, it was wild. It took me a a, a bit to see Barbie and Oppenheimer because that was the week of Comic Con. Mm. So mm. there was no way for me to watch either one of those films that entire week until Sunday. And I tried to watch Oppenheimer on the way back home uh to LA from San Diego. Um, because there is a one of the two true IMAX screens in California is mm-hmm. in Irvine. Oh, okay. Diego and LA. So we stopped there, got like front row seats, which terrible idea. Um, <laughs> and we watched about half of Oppenheimer before realizing that we were way too tired to process the movie. Um, and then the second time we saw it to continue on from where we had left off, we just saw it in 70 millimeter, just, you know, at, at one of the theaters nearby mm-hmm. home. Yeah, we have a 70 millimeter here in town at our state museum. So we are luck- one of the lucky, what, 19 in the U.S. that have it. Um, I didn't break. I went. I had to go because I underestimated it because I was like, oh, I get tickets like the week before. And then it was like sold out. Like we I found a couple pair, a pair of seats for me and my son. And I was like, oh, this, this I think these will be decent seats. They were, but it was like on a Monday night that I had to go. And it was, yeah, it was ridiculous. Um, 
but good for the movies and good for people with better formats that because and we got a I got emails that was like, hey, at any given time, because we have people coming from out of state and stuff to this movie, there will be a thousand people coming and going from our parking garage. So get here early because, yeah, there's people coming from like Missouri all over the place from for that for that movie here. Um, but yeah. Um, so uh, favorite any favorites of the summer? What was what did you like? Obviously, the Barbie movie. I thought mm-hmm. that was so much fun across the Spider Verse. Just you know, and I really liked Blue Beetle. Um, I found that it was super endearing and like totally different. You know, I kind of liken it to um, just like that sort of refreshing take on a character we might not mm-hmm. know as much about, like Shazam, the first Shazam at least. Yeah. Um, where you know we're introduced to that, and the, just the family dynamics is really familiar to me and relatable. So. I think those are like my three. I think Blue Beetle, like, I loved it when it like wasn't a superhero movie. I was like, I can watch this all day long. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't need the superhero stuff. Like, I was like, this is. I was kind of like every time I was like bummed when they go to like do superhero things. I was like, oh man, I want to hear them banter and I want to. Um, but no, it's a fun movie. Um, I liked so for me, um, the Barbenheimer lived up to the hype. Both of them. Uh, I, I Spider Verse, of course, that was that was awesome. Guardians Three made me go, oh yeah, like James Gunn does things with these differently than everybody else. So I I get it. Uh, Asteroid I City really went in thinking more people were gonna die than died. Yeah, so that was surprising to me. Although it was mm-hmm. still very hard to watch. With that's like... the surprise nowadays. Nowadays you're like, oh, they're gonna kill somebody off, and then no, yeah. no, just to change Nobody... the status quo a little bit. Either. Uh, yeah, I liked Asteroid City because I'm a Wes Anderson nut. Uh, and uh, yeah, uh, even though uh, like I still Mission Impossible is a lot of fun because I'm a junkie for those movies. So this one was fine, even if I don't think it was like they were in this like rise. And I think this one just kind of like hung with them rather than just take it, even though there's some really impressive stunts. I still got a real big thrill out of going to that on the big screen. Um, fan screening i went to the fan screening and yeah that was a that was a lot of fun um they got knocked out by the uh the uh the barbenheimer right away oh ninja turtles was really good did you see ninja turtles i was awesome turtles that was such a like delight and i'm obsessed with the baby turtles like Mm -hmm. baby donnie has my whole heart like i bought the little like action figure for that it came with a little baby leo yes Uh, do you have any like uh surprises from the summer that that movie that you? I mean, I don't it was probably Ninja Turtles because yeah, I honestly went with my husband because he grew up uh with Ninja mm-hmm. Turtles more than I did. I would say that I kind of was like adjacently into Ninja Turtles. I was admittedly '90s into you know like probably like after Ninja Turtles for me, mm-hmm. but I did I do have like early core memories of watching the cartoon or watching the movies. Um, so for me watching this turtles with my husband and just at first going in being like, Oh, I'm just tagging along. So you can like get that nostalgia fix. I completely fell in love with it. And the new April O'Neil mm-hmm. uh, by um, I'm blanking on her name. My girl uh, from the bear, the bear. Yeah. yeah and bottoms. Mm-hmm. Um, anything they're in, I, I pretty much will watch now. Uh, and just like the, the, the vomiting gag got me the entire ensemble that they got for all the characters and all the villains and all like, 
you know, Jackie Chan. I was just blown Jackie away. Jackie Chan was hilarious. Yeah. 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 Was- <laughs> Ice Cube, like the thing I loved about the voice performances in this, they showed up ready to play cartoon characters and stuff. It wasn't just popular actor doing a voice like like Ice they were Cube was great. Yeah. Like they were there. It was a it was a good time. Like and Ninja Turtles like always seems to like. I don't know. It's able to reinvent itself. And I mentioned this to a lot of people like because they always aim it at kids. So they always are able to they're not worried about what the old adult people coming in think. And I like like they I was a big fan of the I like the old cartoon that does not hold up from the 80s. And I, the first the first oh, season does the first season does. But then it gets to just like manufacturing plant of episodes. The movie is amazing. The 1991 um, and then I like the one that was a Nickelodeon for like the 2010s or late 00s, 2010s. That shows awesome, like out of nowhere, awesome. But then, and then I thought I was okay with the Michael Bay ones, but I understand people's. Qualms. I liked Out of the Shadows. Out of the Shadows did everything a Ninja Turtle movie would want, except for redesign those turtles. But yeah. uh. <laughs> Yeah, so I this love was how great. the little oh my gosh, I just remembered something that was a big part of that era, how people were calling mm. them Shreks, and mm. they had that joke pay off in yes. this like little Shrek. Little Shreks, yes, that was funny. I like that part. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, so okay, so that was your surprise, is Ninja Turtles. My surprise, which I don't know, like how just how damn good talk to me was. Did you see talk to me? I did. I thought the first act was really mm-hmm. solid. Um, I thought it was much scarier than the second act, but I did overall enjoy it for sure. Gotcha. Like, it was definitely, I think, one of my favorite horror films, or the most effective ones I've seen so far this summer. Yeah, like that one stuck in my head for quite a while afterwards. And I was just like, oh, my gosh, that was yeah, that was really good. That was really, like it was a weird movie that like, you know, you sit through and I like how it intentionally vague didn't set any sort of rules or anything you just kind of go with how it like it's it's unpredictable in that way rather than coming up with some rule that they'll probably do that and like talk to me but uh yeah i kind of i definitely really like that little thing out of australia and the lead um actress in that man i think that's a good jumping off point for her she was tremendous um but yeah also a surprise kind of i'm gonna go to streaming for a sec, because I got to plug anywhere I can. They cloned Tyrone. Did you see that one? Yes, that movie was so good. That is, yeah, that deserves to be squandered in with all the summer thing. I would have loved to see that in the theater, but oh, yeah, for sure. that movie was, that was terrific. Uh, really liked that one. Um, disappointments from this summer? Definitely Fast X. I'm going to agree. Ooh, I mean, agree. I didn't say anything about Fast oh. X. I said well, box I mean, I'm going to agree with like, the general consensus of it um, in, in that regard. I, I did love Jason Momoa in it. Mm-hmm. I think he carried that movie. Yeah. Sure. Um, but, you know, it was weird seeing everyone split off and uh, just like, I, I was sad. I was like, I generally enjoy those a lot more and I didn't enjoy mm-hmm. this one as much. Yeah. It feels like, like, let's wrap it up. Everybody kind of getting there with that, but, yeah. Um yeah, I I I I enjoyed it, but it was like it was one of those like I went and saw a movie this weekend and then I didn't think about it else later on um with with Fast X. I would I would say I don't 
I'll, I'll, I'll get to something in a bit uh, about like disappointment. I'm kind of like, eh. uh, I get, I like, I care for a little mermaid, but that's not like a surprise, but, um, and I, and I was weird with stuff with that one because I like the scuttlebutt song. I thought it put some, you nice, like the scuttlebutt. <laughs> it put, it's put some dumb energy into that movie. And then like everybody, um, what is it? Oh, what's her name? Uh, the lead in that movie. I am blanking on names. Yes. I really, oh, she's really good. And then I saw it. I was like, "Ah," but, and I don't, this is not meant to come backhand or anything. I'm genuinely like when she loses her voice, she's amazing because, and that's harder to do than when she's speaking. She's got skills that go back to like silent film era days that she's pulling off. And it's quite like when she was talking to fish and all that stuff, I was like, yeah, I was like, I but the CGI really did a disservice to a lot of the talent. Yeah. In the movie, oh yeah, Javier Bardem. Like, everyone, Javier Bardem was really he's just terrible like, in that movie. Awful in it. And then like Melissa McCarthy looks like she came in for a weekend because she never leaves her thing, yeah. and like, and she feels so restrained. I'm like, it's McCarthy. So Let her I mean, like in go. the animated film. And mm-hmm. poor unfortunate, sorry, poor unfortunate soul, souls is such mm-hmm. a showstopper. Yeah. I mean, I I know they took out the line about body language, which I yeah. kind of disagree with. Um, right, because it kind of showed how Ursula was in such control of her own agency, even if she is a villain. You know, yeah. the way she moved and everything was really unique and fun, and like the saunter and everything. And that all that was gone in in this take, and I was mm-hmm. like, Liz McCarthy is kind of just lounging on the set pieces right and kind of singing the song which her performance was pretty mid for me yeah no it was restrained like it's melissa mccarthy let her go let her let her craft her own ursula but it felt like no do it like the cartoon do it like cartoon and then they did this kaiju thing at the end where i couldn't see it like i was like it was all dark and it was yeah i I just oh these mm. It's just and they're they're not colorful. And then I did find somebody. I saw someone on X or whatever. Because remember, it was Twitter when we did our preview show, and now it's X, which you still type Twitter in for it. But uh, and like every time, it felt like every time Flounder showed up, it was like a jump scare because he was just so creepy. <laughs> yeah, that design. <laughs> so I just mm, yeah, but I I hate harping on something like that, but. It's like, but, but other than that, I liked some of the additional songs, mm-hmm. like the ones they gave Ariel, um, even if it was like in her head. <laughs> right. I thought it was really great. And, you know, like the whole scene with Vanessa and Ariel, when they throw down and everything goes to hell at like the the engagement party i thought that was fun that was like mm-hmm. the little bella campy and i was like yes throw her down <laughs> right yeah exactly uh that's good stuff um oh another surprise i want to talk about that for me that i've watched this movie like two times already uh the blackening did you see the blackening yes i did see that I laugh like really like that the first half hour of that movie was <laughs> I within 30 minutes. I was like, oh, this is a keeper. This is a this is a watch over. And, and like that movie's hilarious. I I'm not. I love it. it. It's like a fun addition to the game board sort of movies. Yes. Yeah. You know, like that, like slot that in with like Clue and 
Jumanji and stuff and it's it's different but it also is just like I love the premise of a game night where you're watching people kind of like go along with that and right, right. so much fun like when you hear that and you say Hyundai I was like oh man that's good that was good um I yeah I did like that movie a lot so um now we'll move on to our last section of the summer movie. what did we learn from the summer what did we think of it what what's overall what are we going to take from it where are we going forward Ooh. <laughs> um uh, I mean we are in this sort of era where many a things have been shifted to next year. Mm-hmm. Um it kind of feels like the fall is going to be a no man's land. I'm scared for some of the movies I'm excited for that mm-hmm. are still on the slate. Um uh, uh but you know like we had such a high with Barbie and Oppenheimer mm-hmm. and uh spider-verse well it felt like dune was the companion to barbenheimer and it's gone like yeah yeah that's gonna be very weird um and i mean to be determined with you know the agreements that are hopefully gonna happen i'm just like Mm -hmm. students to step up and open their coin purses because they have it (laughs) yeah they have it i so overall here like i thought this summer while like the disappointments part was hard because in the excitement, because um, I thought this was a very overall, like a 2.5, three star summer. Like all the movies were like just yeah. hanging around. The they weren't was so unpredictable. They weren't awful, but they weren't like, woo, like, you know, you I, I, I liked Indiana Jones, but it wasn't like I was over the moon for Indiana Jones, okay. you know, like. But I also feel like there are movies that should have also gotten more hype. Like I honestly think Blue Beetle and Ninja Turtles, those two mm-hmm. were underseen. Right, like they got really just well. Like, Ninja Turtles making money, so people are going. Is, yeah. Like it, it's gonna, yeah, we're gonna see another one. So, it, oh, for it, sure. And I think like Blue Beetle is also still like making money. It, yeah, like, you know, but they're just like, thankfully, word of mouth is does seem to be working. Yeah, yeah. I uh, yeah, like I like the Flash. It was not. I mean, there's people that just want to rip it to shreds because they think they're like doing one for the team because Ezra Miller sucks, but the movies fine like it, i didn't think it was awful but there was i thought there are things i liked about the movie but then there are things i really did not like well i thought when it got when it got to the desert stuff with zod i was like thud like it gone uh but i yeah so there was there's that i thought like it wasn't like abysmal it was just like fine uh yeah a lot of movies come out and just were like it's fine. It's fine. It's like, you know, Fast X is it terrible, but it's not great. And it's just kind of eh, here's another one for us to to plug on through. And then Barbenheimer came and that was like, oh, OK, elation. And uh, I thought like like Last Voyage of the Demeter. Did you see that one? I did. I, yeah. I enjoyed that one. I thought it's it was good. really yeah. solid. <laughs> but like really solid. It wasn't like. Yeah, it was like it was solid. But yeah. Continue. For sure. I mean, the, the design on Dracula there, oh my gosh, just like mm-hmm. it felt like a creature feature in that regard. And obviously it started like slow burn and then it kind of just morphed into this just like cabin fever on the seas, just mayhem, you know? I like calling it the Dracula boat buffet because you <laughs> just came to eat. Yeah, he had a lot of choices. Um, but yeah, that was a fun movie. Um but that's yeah, like a lot of like I'm sure like Gran Turismo. I haven't seen that one yet, but I'm sure that's like fits in with that whole like it's fine, it's okay. 
Um, I mean, like, I didn't know this, but apparently Jerry Hallowell from the Spice Girls mm-hmm. plays the mother in Gran Turismo. Oh, D- you did not know this? You usually know more than I no, do. No, right? I, usually, I usually know more about the Spice Girls, too. But oh, geez. OK. OK. Right? Wow. Like My <laughs> husband told me that and I was like, we got to go see this movie. <laughs> like, OK. All right. Yes. Wow. All right. Just shot up there. OK. Wow. That's a. Who called her up for the <laughs> right? <laughs> that like just make that comeback. We can get you the video game movie, but it's not quite a video game movie, but it's a video game movie. It's cars, your mom, you can play a mom. You okay with it? Okay. So all right, that's cool. Yeah, that's- and I hear David Harbour's incredible in it. So so is the lead, and you know, it's a good like family movie. Um <laughs> but yes, ginger spice. Ginger spice. <laughs> all like- right. Let's go. All right. Well, that's cool. So, yeah, I do. Do you think with do you think they're going to learn the right thing from Barbie or do you think they're going to just keep making Mattel movies? Uh, Yeah, I don't know if they're going to learn the right thing from Barbie. Um, The right the right move from Barbie is Greta Gerwig. Here's a blank check for your next movie. Margot Robbie, we want to do a five-picture deal with your company. And um, America Ferreira, uh, we need to get you in some leading roles more often. But that's not good. They're going to be like, Barbie 2 and Polly Pocket the movie. Like, yep. that's, oh, no. that's, that's <laughs> what they're going to do. That's what should happen. Like, yeah, they got the wrong, you know, mm-hmm. just, yeah, I've seen quotes. And I'm just like, that's the... Like I don't want to see Barbie because Barbie. The point is like over here, and they're like, mm-hmm. and I and mean, Oppenheimer isn't just more biop biopics. It's giving creators ambition, like letting them show theirs. Because like you could see, like it's not just Barbie. Last summer you have Jordan Peele. Nope, that guy keeps making his own stuff, and people keep showing up. Like the marquee director that should be coming back. Like that's what gets people to see a variety of things um which we've been shaming or or they've been sucking them away as independents and putting them in franchise stuff where no one goes to see it for their name right but there's that um and also makes you think of what randall park said i think he'd been quoted a lot on the internet as being mm -hmm. like you know like you said like oh the idea is to make more movies about women and about like and Mm -hmm. like give women more to do in the entertainment industry because Mm -hmm. it's clear that they can tell uh these like evergreen and timeless stories that anyone can enjoy yeah yeah like look at look at uh greta gerwig's trans from ladybird to here uh where it's stories about kind of a, a you know women caught in this weird like out of time place or i don't fit here kind of thing that's in ladybird and they need to get out like Ladybird and Little Women and now Barbie all kind of fit this kind of theme she's been telling through her stories. Now, like Barbie, too. Like, no, well, she's going to do Narnia. So, maybe, but hey, I'll wait and see because I enjoy her as a creator. So if she's going to take on Bar- Narnia, there's an interesting way she's going to tell it. So we shall see with that. Hopefully, That's- I kind of feel like she should not do Narnia and do something huge next. <laughs> Right. Uh, but, you know, the blank check picture, we need those glorious, even if it's a swing and a miss. I love the swing. Like I am all for 
big directorial swings. I love them for better or for worse. That's like the coolest thing to see is when people do it. One of my favorite films of all time, Sorcerer, William Friedkin. That is his exorcist swing. And it is one of the most dangerous movies of all time. It's awesome. It's amazing just seeing how big it is. And the, and the bit that the wildest thing is no one died making it. Like I watch that movie every time and be like, how did nobody die on this movie? But you know, I'd like to see Greta Gerwig's thing. Maybe that is it. Maybe she always wanted to do Narnia. I don't know, but she, I, I guess. And then on the other side, we, you know, women have to be allowed to go do the paycheck franchise thing if they want to. So that's, you know, while I'm like, Oh, I want as a film nerd, I want your, your head. I want what's coming out of your head. These original ideas, but yeah, gotta, I mean, you know, like, Last year, you know, we had the Daniels and obviously like movies like you still like Jordan Peele's Nope and Barbie mm-hmm. with Greta Gerwig. Like, I'm so excited for these filmmakers and to, to, to go and do the next thing, they, whatever they want to do, I will go with them. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's what I, that's where I'm at. That's where I, was, I was talking to a bunch of like Marvel uh, people, like a PopCon or whatever, I was doing a recording and they were talking about like being fatigued with superheroes and all that and this thing. I'm like, that's why you got to follow like directors creators writers like what's their new thing coming because you're it's always different it does have things you look for act actors returning uh tropes all sorts of stuff like that but following a creator is far more exciting and there might be a franchise picture that you're like oh i see that but like no it's like the harry potter 3 it's alfonso Cuarón movie come on like you know that's that's where you can follow. And it's it's a lot more, in my eyes, it's a lot more exciting, especially if you like the cinematic experience or whatever. But Definitely. Oh, my gosh. There's something I just saw in the news that Alfonso Cuaron is being courted for, and I'm blinking out on what it was. And mm. I was like, interesting choice. Um, mm. Did you see that earlier today? No, I Was that today? No, I did not see that today. Maybe. It, no. Because directors can be in the news taking jobs right now, but um, not the uh, not the not the actors and writers yet. Oh, it was um, Secret Wars. Oh, okay. Ooh, no, please. Apparently, <laughs> no. <laughs> Sorry, but no. That's good for Marvel, but no. <laughs> no. Oh. <laughs> but no. Oh, okay. Ooh. Mm. Well, I That's guess That's an interesting one. Yeah. That I think very... I thought I was excited, but I'm not sure if I'm excited for that. Yeah. So. I still keep up with the Marvel stuff, the Star Wars stuff, but I don't live and breathe for it and think they deserve like best pictures all the time. Like a lot of things come from. And that's where I think a lot of the argument comes from is they're like, we want to be in this conversation. And then they get the scrutiny of being in the conversation. They act like it's all war against them and all this. I like, no, you asked to be judged like this. That's why you're getting such harsh responses rather than being the family movie blockbuster movie that people go to. Or shows. I mean, like, I honestly watched like two episodes of Secret Invasion and was not a fan. I just like hmm. totally fell off of that and did not enjoy it. I'm I'm like cautiously optimistic for Loki because like yeah. I wanted to get back to the fun, weird stuff. Like I right. loved by night. And I hope that there's oh, yeah, Werewolf by Night was like good, yeah. Monster stuff in Loki this time around and more key Hui Kwan, you know. Yeah, yeah, that'd be fun. I'm yeah, I definitely look forward to Loki because I, I did that was one of my favorites of the shows um so far. Um that we've seen of all of them. 
Uh, but I'm always weird with the Marvel. Like I always find out like people don't like the stuff I like in Marvel for reasons. So I'm like, all right, I guess I'm not. I I enjoy it. I enjoy this stuff, but like I'm not on the wavelength of the tribe. I guess so. On the outskirts. All right. Uh, but yeah, so we're moving into fall, the Halloween season. We actually got horror movies like Saw, and uh, we've got uh, The Exorcist and all sorts of things uh, on their way out. We are haunting in Venice. Spooky mystery uh, and stuff like that. So uh, lots to come for this year. Even with stuff getting pushed, there's stuff out there. Give you more uh, breathing room, I guess, with not so many options to see. And of course, there will probably be the Oscar push, of course, in December and November that we'll have lots of fun stuff and get to see all that. But all right. So, Sabina, this wraps up year three of the Brandon Peters Show. I'm happy to have you here. Always is being a recurring part of this program. Um, and uh, yeah, so that's it. Uh, where can people keep up with you right now and all your things? You can find me. Oh my goodness. There's so many social media platforms now <laughs> since the last time we talked. Mm-hmm. That is very weird. Um, I would say I'm currently sort of still on X at Sabina has no R. <laughs> um, but mostly I'm around uh, in, at TikTok and Instagram at Going Cool Places. I'm trying to integrate more of my work on Ionine Gizmodo to those platforms now that X is not the most viable place for that sort of thing. So, uh, like I said, I've been co- covering Halloween Horror Nights, and here's my little Hello Kitty right. I got at the event. Uh, one of the stories that I recently did was actually about my cinematic experiences with Chucky. I have been a life oh long chucky like afraid of chucky person like i that was i love horror but chucky was my no like just (laughs) my entire life so i actually binged watched all of the child's play and chucky franchise movies over a hurricane weekend in la because i sleep in order to prepare myself to go to Halloween Horror Nights and do the maze. So I am now fully converted as a Chucky fan. Did you watch the show? I love the show. The show is incredible. He has um, the best batting average of the horror guys. Like it's he's got one really bad movie, but then like and a bore and one boring one. But other than that, it's great mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. It's so good. And yeah, so I wrote like an article about just like my whole my whole life story about my fear of Chucky and going to this maze and I integrated some video content on like TikTok uh, of me going through the maze like you actually can see me like freaking out I did freak out I didn't run out like of the an exit right. in the middle of the I did the entire thing good I'm proud I'm gonna go back and do uh, I did Horror Nights uh, Orlando twice and I did and I'm going to do the one here in LA twice as well because I, I love the mazes. They're very much in the universe of the show, so they're a lot of fun. So if you're going cool. to Halloween Horror Nights, do the Chucky mazes. They have incorporated puppeteering, and it's just oh. kids. Oh, right. There you go. <laughs> very exciting. Okay, and I'm on Twitter, or X, <laughs> and Instagram, at Brandon4KUHD, uh, written work, hawaiisoblue.com. Of course, there's this YouTube channel, so uh, this is the end of year three. I'm taking next week off. And then when I return to start uh, year four, um, I got to do a different kind of episode. I've got Jennifer Rayford, my everyone's Brandon Peter show's favorite life coach, Jennifer Rayford. And we're doing an episode. Uh, it's called Podcaster Therapy. So oh. 
if I it's gonna be so I'm trying out. I pitched it. It was like do it. So I was like, so you're gonna hear a lot of stuff about me on uh, the next episode as we start year four, and we'll be of course doing uh, some horror stuff. We're gonna do bring back the uh, products of the panic in October. So well, some horror stuff. Jamie Alvey's coming back soon. So yes, Jamie. We're gonna hear all about bystanders. I'm very yes, excited to hear all about bystanders. So she'll be coming up very soon. Uh, but yeah, so Jennifer Rafer and I back. Um, thank you all for three years for the summer of '93. Uh, thank you, PopCon, for having me. Always uh, had a great year uh, with you there. And uh, yeah, so we'll be uh, putting a cap on this third year. Made it. Going for four. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. The Brandon Peters Show is a Creative Zombie Studios production. Produced by Brad Shoemaker and Brandon Peters. Written and edited by Brandon Peters. Announcer vocals by Jessica Olsman. Theme song by Metavari. Web design and show art by Brad Shoemaker with Brandon Peters. All music and clips featured in the episode are property of their respective studios and no infringement is intended. Additional information on this and other episodes at brandonpetershow.com. For any inquiries, press opportunities, or sponsorship, contact mail at brandonpetershow.com. The show is available on Apple Music, Spotify, or anywhere podcasts are found. <laughs>